You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Strike first, strike hard, no mercy. Juice, baby. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington and Jason Bailey. I am Jamie... Arrington. Jason will be joining the program momentarily. I have very, very happy Halloween to each and every one of you. Let's get to some news before we get to the meat of today's show. Jesse Fenver of WHLT first reported that Jay Hobson announced tonight that Southern Miss quarterback Quadre Griggs is no longer with the team. That is all we know at this point. Do not know any of the circumstances. So I don't think there's any reason to panic you got to remember, there's been a lot going on with Quadra off the field. You know, you think back to the incident where he was suspended for a good majority of fall, so he loses that time with his teammates. He loses that conditioning time. You can you can Google and probably find out what exactly happened that he was uh, cleared on, but he gets back with the team. Then two weeks ago, his mom passes away. So you you got to think he's got a lot on him right now. I mean, that's a lot for somebody to have to deal with. I mean, you come into your senior year, you think, you know, you're thinking you're going to be the guy, all this stuff just goes wrong. So I don't know the circumstances. I hope everything's okay with everybody. And I hope that, uh, you know, I hope Quadra can find a lane he can speed in at some point. So Quadra no longer with the team. So I guess you got Jack Abraham, Tate Watley, and Marcelo Rodriguez to finish out the 2018 season. All right, other news this week. The World Series happened. The Los Angeles Dodgers fell to the Boston Red Sox. What was it, four games to one? Uh, Dozier got some some playing time in pretty much every game. And as of today, he is declaring free agency. So it'll be interesting to see where Dozier ends up after this offseason. Some other Southern Miss alumni news. It was announced today that C.J. Beathard, quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, did not practice today. He has a wrist injury and is having trouble gripping the ball. If he is unable to go, former Southern Miss quarterback Nick Mullins in line to start for the 49ers. So keep an eye on that. It'll be interesting to see how that shakes out on Thursday. If that happens, you're going to have Nick Mullins versus Jalen Richard. Two, two Southern Miss guys that played together in that twenty magical 2015 season going at it. So I'm sure that'll be a lot of fun for those guys. All right. I don't really feel like talking about last week's game today. <laughs> but uh, Jason went out. He got an interview. We were kind of talking about people who would be interesting. And you got to think with what this guy came into, what he went through, um, not only with the position change, but playing for, what, three different head coaches and uh, moving, you know, it, it, I'm sh- I, I really enjoyed this interview. I think you guys are too. So without any further ado, please welcome Jason and his guest today, Dominique Sullivan. Jason Bailey here with, uh, with really one of my, one of the players I really looked up to while he's at Southern Miss, um, actually a quarterback tor- turned wide receiver. Um, to his credit, he has 77 catches, 1,190 yards in college, a former South Mississippi standout in baseball, football, and basketball. Welcome to the show, Dominic Sullivan. What's happening, brother? Uh, nothing much, nothing much. Thanks for having me. Man, thanks for coming on. Um, you know, we try to get people on the show that, that, that really like, uh, that former players that kind of don't forget about Southern Miss, if that makes any sense. Some of these guys that come through and you never hear from them again, but guys like you, uh, it seems to me, at least by following you on Twitter, that you that you really cared about the place and and you want to see Southern Miss do well. Oh yeah, most definitely. I mean, it, it was like a home to me, so I definitely got to show my support back to him. Now, um, in high school, uh, you played at Taylorsville High School, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, played for Bud Blackledge. Um, while you were there, had some really incredible numbers. Uh, compiled eight hundred eighteen hundred thirty seven yards passing. 
24 touchdowns to go along with 723 rushing yards, like a one-man wrecking crew there. Uh, add in 12 TDs, man, that's awesome. Class 2A Offensive Player of the Year in Mississippi, named second team All-State by the Clarion Ledger, a Biloxi Sun Herald Top 30 selection, District 7 2A MVP, three-star rated player by Rivals.com. Rivals also has you as the number 40 st- pro-style quarterback uh, nationally and number 23 overall in Mississippi. Um that's a whole lot of stuff, man. Like when you when you read off my resume, it doesn't go nearly that well. <laughs> so, what, what was it like back there? I mean, it sounds like you were the man at Taylorsville High School. I mean, it's just little town, man. That's all we know with sports growing up. I mean, growing up, I remember I had friends like Billy and Hamilton and Darren Hamilton, man. Almost every if it was football season, we'll be playing football. If it's basketball season, we'll be playing basketball outside. Same goes with baseball. I mean, we stayed active growing up younger. That's one thing I think helped us uh, as that become a, one of the great athletes at Taylorsville. And speaking of Taylorsville, um, another guy most most of the listeners will be familiar with, Jason Campbell. Did you ever, uh, Jason? He was he was bef- he was a good bit before you, right? Yes, yes, he was. When did Campbell graduate? Ooh, I can't remember. I know maybe in the early night, well, mid nineties, right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he still comes back to Taylorsville from time to time. You ever run across him? He was a quarterback in high school. You were a quarterback in high school. Oh yeah, um, it was about about a year or two back. Uh, I worked one of his camps that he held held every year at Jones. Uh, the quarterback camp where he called it, but more than the quarterbacks, but. Yeah, I met him. Uh, we all, I helped with this camp that year. I mean, we always sit back and talk and just talk about things that happened at Taylorsville and how our experience was at quarterback. Nice. Now, you also participated in the uh, Mississippi-Alabama All-Star Classic. Not everybody gets to do that. Um, you ended up throwing for a handful of yards in that game and a WDAM all-area selection as a junior and senior. Um, talk to me a little bit about that Mississippi-Alabama All-Star Classic. Oh man, that was a great experience I had just to uh, be around such a great talent, both teams, Mississippi and Alabama. Uh, it was a great learning experience. Uh, one, one of the things I realized quick that the game, this game speed was a whole lot different from high school. Sure. I mean, you had, a, had all the top players in Mississippi and Alabama. So the game speed is one thing that I had to get used to during that game. But like I said, man, it was an overall great experience. Met some guys on the Mississippi team that I still talk to to this day. So it's a great relationship thing right there that uh, make those guys. Very cool. Um, and uh, you also lettered four times in football in high school uh, and basketball, three times in baseball, voted all-conference in basketball. Um, and I see here where – uh, your mom was quite an was quite an accomplished basketball player. Played at uh, Jackson State as well as William oh, Carey. Yeah. Um, so you know, it got me to thinking. Just, I mean, that, that was as far as growing up competitively. Um, that must have had a, a pretty profound influence on you. Just watching your mom and all she did. Oh yeah, it definitely did. I mean, uh, I hear stories all the time of people come telling me, "Man, your mom's just a great basketball player," and all this. I mean, just being around it uh, growing up when I was younger, because uh, people tell me, like I said, people tell me all the time, they used to see me at her practice all the time when I was younger, just being around that game as well a long time, just watching her and just seeing stuff that she can do. Here's what I want to know. Um, you guys get out in the front yard right now, you play a game of horse. Um, I think I'm taking your mom. What about you? Oh, I'm taking myself most definitely. I don't think she got it anymore. <laughs> I got you. Well, you know that the, you know. I, I bet. I bet she's one of those that had the absolute perfect form. You give her a set shot, and she can probably knock it down from anywhere. Um, oh yeah. And you play. You played all these different sports. Um, I know you went to a smaller high school, but um, but you know, it sounds like you were kind of the man at all different kinds of things. And it got me to wondering, even though you took football to the next level. Uh, what sport was your first love? I mean, football, I say football was my first love, but um, as I got older, playing more of uh, rec sports and with basketball and baseball, just doing better than those. And I say football was my first love, but as a grown, uh, I think baseball kind of was one of my favorite sports. And, you know, in my opinion, um, in, in this day and age, and I have a nephew that's in high school, um, and he's decided to kind of just play baseball. 
but in my opinion, if you have the opportunity to play a lot of sports, I, I would like to think that you know playing soccer helps with some with with some agility skills. Playing football um, helps with some you know mental toughness and physical physical toughness skills. Basketball's got its own thing. Baseball, you know, such a chess match out there. I'd like to think that playing all the sports that you can probably benefits you in the long run. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Oh yeah, most definitely. I mean, like you said, all those two, all those sports translate together. I mean, there's one thing, um, Coach Fedora and those guys when I made the move to receiver, they want that one thing they listened to me. They like because uh, they saw me play basketball in high school because they recruited Billy and they came by mm. and they saw how I go up and get a rebound and just be able to run up and down the court. So they saw that translating well as receivers, just being able to get in, get in, get in good position. Go up and get a ball. That's one of the great attributes of being a receiver is getting in good because getting yourself in good position to make a play. Now I I stayed around the the high school um, baseball ranks for a little while um, as a coach after I got through with college. And don't be shy here, but I heard that at Taylorsville, um, not only were you a fantastic you know center fielder, but you could also pretty much bring it on the mound. Like is that true? I mean, what's what's your top? What's what'd you top out out? At at on the uh, on the mound. Oh, uh, I tell you, the highs I hit was ninety one and ninety two. Goodness, what was oh, your secondary yeah. pitch? Oh, uh, curveball. Cool, twelve six. Oh yeah, fall off the table. Heck yeah, man! It sounds like we could use <laughs> you uh, this year over at the peak. Um, so <laughs> no doubt. Um, so uh. It it gets me to thinking with all this talent. Did you want to play more than football when you got to college, or did you just, you know, get that letter in the mail from from Southern Miss and 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 you were just at that point, I'm done with baseball, I'm done with basketball, or did it kind of did, did you entertain the fact of maybe you know going to somewhere else and playing more than one sport? Uh. I wanted to play more uh, more than one sport. Baseball, actually, after my senior year in high school, I had senior year in baseball in high school, probably one of the best years I had. So after having that successful season, the thought of uh, being able to go to the next level and play as well, especially after I threw for the Kansas City Royals or bullpen for them, so they enticed me a little bit more to want to play baseball after uh, I graduated high school as well. Wow. That would be something that would stay on my resume for life. If people say, did you ever, you know, play any pro ball? Yeah, I did. Royals. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. Um, so when you, when you finally kind of make that choice, what was your recruiting, recruiting process like? I mean, I know you're a coach these days, so you kind of see the other side of it, but do you remember what the coaches came and told you? Um, just how did that all go down? Oh, I mean, it was, Recruiting process was good. It was just uh, getting acclimated to everything and traveling a lot and just talking to different coaches. One thing I wanted to point out was with the coaches, or one of my cousins told me, just when you're talking to these coaches, um, see if they had a uh, best interest in you because I know some coaches just shoot you the board, tell you what you want to hear, and when you get there, they don't really care about you and just stuff like that main thing was just finding out who really cared about you and who was going to look out for you and, and those, along with those type of things. I mean, one thing about the recruiting process, I mean, like you said, just to me it's about how, who all you trust and who you can put your faith in for these next four years that you're going to go on. Absolutely. You know, you're running to some of those coaches that, you know, hey, you're starting. You're my guy next year. Right. And other coaches will tell you you got an opportunity. Um, right. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you. Now, when you got to college, you like we mentioned earlier, you're a standout quarterback. Um, what was it like transitioning over to wide receiver? Um, at Southern Miss right now, we have a guy named Steven Anderson who's kind of doing a similar thing, but switching over to running back. Um, mm-hmm. What what what? I mean, what, I know as quarterback, you know, you've kind of got the ball all the time, and now you, at least you had some idea what the wide receiver was going to do. But what was it like just making that making that jump from a quarterback to wideout? Um, it was like, I mean, it was, I kind of had my rough patches at the early beginning just to try to understand the the game of at receivers because it's qu- quite different from a uh, quarterback. I mean, they have similarities. One thing I translated was just 
being able to understand coverages because I mean, quarterback, you got to know how the coverages. And mm-hmm. that's one thing that I had at receiver that could help me. But one thing that I had to overcome was just to get used to the running that I had to do at receiver because you have to run a go ball on one play, come back, might have to run another one. Mm. So that's just one thing. <laughs> yeah, one thing I had to get. One main thing I had to get used to, get my body, my legs up under me, used to running that much. As far as when I play quarterback, I take a couple step drop and just throw the ball around. I mean, that's one thing I had to get used to. That is a very good point. I didn't, I did not think about that. Um, oh yeah. The closest <laughs> I get to it is playing it on Madden. I just wonder why my guy slowed down, but it makes perfect sense. You can't run a <laughs> go like four times in a row. Um, oh, yeah. yeah that, that probably plays into play calls and everything. Um, right. So. Uh, so, but but making but making that jump, I mean, really, it's just more than more physical than anything. I mean, it, it, when you when you go from quarterback to the rest of the positions, I would like to think you're kind of, you know, as far as the mental part of it, you've kind of got it all under wraps a little bit, um, just from knowing those throws. So I got you. Um, mm-hmm. Now you played at Southern Miss from 2010 to 2013, and anybody who follows Southern Miss knows that there's a good bit to uh, to unpack out of those f- four particular years. Um, we'll start off with 2010. I mean, 2010, you're, you're a rookie on campus. You're a true freshman. Um, you really just were getting your feet wet out there. I guess probably getting used to, you know, where in the world do I go to class at? And, uh, um, you know, what time do we have to be on the field? And, and talk a little bit about that, about that true freshman season. Uh, true freshman season, um, I mean, with class and off the field, I mean, on the field, it was kind of kind of culture shock for me just being in a small town, small school at Taylorsville and coming to Southern Miss where everything was more spread out on campus and everything. Cause it was like I was, remember like it was yesterday, first day of class in the fall, I was late for it, had trouble finding the building, and I guess <laughs> it, was torn down, it was torn down raining. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, so that, that was a hassle right there. But as far as football-wise, just getting used to – how uh, a Division One program operates. I mean, it's a lot different from a little small school in Taylorsville, but where the being on meetings on time, all the meetings, and just getting acclimated. I mean, one of the tough things that me and some of my freshman teammates talked about that year, how hard football practice really wasn't that hard, but the hard thing was just the meeting time. Because you used to practice all day, get down with practice, go get something to eat, and you back in meetings all day. Just one thing, just getting used to that. And, um, Not to mention throwing in some actual classwork, right? Oh, yeah. Have to stay on top of the classwork and the football and try to study your plays and stuff. As a uh, freshman, if you're not prepared for that, it can, it can mess you up. Absolutely. I hear you, man. Hey, that's the reason that I graduated with like a 2-3. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even have any sports to do. Um, so 2010 is done. We're, we're looking at 2011. 2011 is a very special year to a lot of Golden Eagle fans, myself included. Um, it was actually looking at all the numbers. It was your it was your best year. Um, oh yeah. 32 catches, 461 yards. That's an average of 14.4 um, per catch. Along a 69, two TDs. And this is a little tidbit, but you actually averaged at or above 14.4 yards per catch your entire career. That is just insane, man. Did you know that? <laughs> Oh no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and it, it got me to thinking. I know you're long. I know you're rangy. I know you can block guys out. You can go out and high point the ball. Um, what exactly was your favorite route to run? Oh, I have to say a hitch route. I mean, just because I was the type of the guy, just get the ball in my hands. I can nine times out of ten make the first guy miss. Right. That's one thing. A coach Munkin pointed out to me, he said, because I'm good with the ball in space or stuff like that. But I'll say that the hitch route or just get the ball in my hand or just a go ball, get myself in position, go up and get it. Quarterback, uh, quarterback at Sutter missed your first two years. They got everybody's familiar with Austin Davis. Um, what was it like playing with Austin? Oh, man, that was great, man. A guy like that that loves the game of football. I mean, he, he works his tail off the same room. And stuff like that to just to be able to get knowledge from him of the game and just uh, communicating with him. I mean, he taught me a lot about the game, just certain places to get on routes, um, how, what his mindset was, how, 
as we throw balls and just stuff like the little things like that, just communicating with him and just, I think, help me become a better receiver at USM. Just having a quarterback like him, it can take you a long way. So outside of the UAB game, which we're not going to talk about um, that season, this year was just, it was, there was so much to cheer for the entire season, putting up points left and right. Um, you got an opportunity to play in the championship game that year in Houston, um, as well as the Hawaii Bowl, but specifically that game in Houston. Um, it's, it's a, it's a game where the Golden Eagles, I think we sold out of our allotment, which wasn't that much. I think we, I think they allotted us maybe 4,500 tickets and they sold out instantly. It never got into the general public. It's strictly stayed with, uh, uh, season ticket holder and Eagle Club members, and I was lucky enough to be one of those that got to make that trip, man. And I tell you what, it was like 24 hours of uh, uh, of my life that were probably the best 24 hours ever. And here's where I get that: um, my wife and I decided to go to the game on Friday. Mm-hmm. We uh, we leave Hattiesburg at exactly three o'clock on Friday, drive to Houston, find a hotel. Um, just north of Houston right there, get up. The game started early that day at 11 a.m. So we got out there to tailgate. You know, we got four or five hours of sleep maybe. Got out to tailgate for at least an hour or so. Walk in the game. It's awesome. You guys dominate. Um, and then after the game, we watched the post-game celebration. And anyway, to get into the 24-hour part, when I got back to my car after the game and watching all the celebration, it was exactly 3 o'clock. So there's the 24 hours. It was like the best 24-hour Golden Eagle experience of all time. But what was that game like for you? Oh, man, it's probably one of the best games I ever played in. I mean, the atmosphere in Houston, that game was crazy. I mean, stadium was packed. I mean, you can just feel the intensity in the stadium. I mean, it's a great game, and we went out and dominated, dominated Houston because that's one of the main things we wanted to do that game. Cause I think they were ranked six that year. Mm-hmm. Our main thing was just going that game and let them know that we're here to play. Because I mean, we all all week we heard how great Houston was, how great their offense was, and we I mean we had a pretty good offense that year. We thought too, so we just wanted to go out and show them how good our offense was and our defense. So them, I mean. One must do it. That team definitely played with the swagger that uh, Southern Miss fans have come to know and love through the years. And I think we're trying to get back towards that a little bit on this year's team. And we'll get into this year's team a little later. But um, so after that game, um, some people were disappointed in the bowl game that we ended up choosing. Uh, I, I'm not included with those people. You guys got to go to Hawaii. You got to play a solid team in Nevada. Um and you, you know, and you got to experience Hawaii. You know what I mean? How cool is that? That's not a lot of people get to go to Hawaii, and you guys got to go. I saw pictures of you sitting on the beach. I don't know if you tried any surfing or any uh, any of those water things out there, but um, it looked like you guys just had an absolute blast. Oh, yeah, we did. I mean, Hawaii was a great experience uh, just to go out and just see the great scenery that they had out there. I mean, we tried some of their uh, food that they had there. I mean, it was a lot different from here in the U.S., I mean, but um, it was a great experience. Got to be around some guys that uh, that you want to share their experience with, great teammates. I mean. Memories for life. We, what, what was that? I said and you just made memories for life. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Uh, I mean, that was just the main thing, especially for those uh, seniors we had on the team. That's the last time we was all going to be together as a group. So we just want to enjoy that experience out there with them as much as we could. Very special indeed. Uh, we all felt it. We all had a smile on our face all the way up until the next season. <sighs> then 2012 gets here. Um, I can't get too much into this one because uh, it's a dark period in my life. But it oh, must yeah. have been hard for you guys to. I mean, this time, you're, at this point, you're a junior. You're a leader on the team. You're coming off a 12-win season. I can't remember if we were preseason ranked or not, but we ended the year ranked, I don't know, 15th or something like that the year before. Um, but that season, just as it went along, it must have been hard, particularly on like the elder statesmen of the team like yourself, right? Oh, yeah, most definitely. I mean, especially after coming off with one of the best seasons in USM history and coming back to that, I mean, it was hard. I mean, it was a struggle every week. I mean, because, I mean, we kind of – I thought we had high hopes going to that next season. I mean, I know we lost a great quarterback in Austin Davis, but 
we thought we had the pieces around them, especially around on the team, offensive, defense, at least to um, try to match that season we had last year, if not do better. But things, unfortunately, things didn't go how it was planned. But, I mean, like you said, I mean, it was one of the dark times in USM history that year. Yeah, and you probably learned some valuable lessons for that just in order – just – like, like to not quit, right? And that probably bled over into the next year, and that's and we're going to get away from 2012. 2012 is done. We're out of there. Right. We're in 2013 <laughs> right now. Uh, enter Coach Munkin. Um, breath of fresh air from the word go uh, from a fan standpoint, and I'm assuming from a, from a player standpoint as well. Uh, what was it like just the first time you met Coach Munkin? I mean, he's a great guy. I mean, I, when you meet him, you walk in the room, you can tell about the energy level he brings. And that's one thing I think uh, some of the players and maybe some of the fans were that were looking for that type of energy, similar to Coach Fedora that he had. I mean, like I said, when he first came in, you can tell he had he was on a mission to uh, get this program back where it was founded on and just winning games and being hard nose. But like I said, I mean, he's a great guy. I learned a lot from him that year. So the year gets started. Um, there's some fresh air. There, there's a breath of fresh air with the team. Um, the fans are kind of feeling better about themselves. We're glad the previous regime is gone, and we're glad the new regime is in. Uh, game one that year, we looked good, but came up a little bit short against Texas State. Lost 22 to 15. Um, the season goes on. I want to say game four or so, uh, October 5th. Lost another close one to FIU, twenty-four to twenty-three. Now that losing streak's growing a little bit. Um, I don't think any of the fans ever lost faith in what Coach Munkin was trying to do. But um, talk about that just a little bit. How hard it must have been just to to keep grinding away day after day, getting up, going to class, going to practice, doing all the right things, um, trying to stay positive, and wins just aren't happening. Right. I mean. Like you mentioned, it, it was hard. It was hard, but there was one thing Coach Munkin preached to us about every, almost every day is just stay in the course, keep fighting. I mean, eventually good things are going to happen. I mean, that's one thing that we did, man. We just want to give that notion that we're giving up as a team, but we just had to keep fighting. I mean, going to work every day, just doing the little things because eventually we know good things was going to happen. We just keep fighting. I mean, like I said, that's one thing Coach Munkin preached about, and that's one thing that we try to – amongst the team like guys hey I know this team that's going good right now but I mean, we just keep pushing eventually something will happen and fight you guys did you fought till literally you you know you couldn't fight anymore it goes all the way down to the very last game of the season you woke up that morning I don't want to know what happened the clouds parted uh the, the whatever enter cliche here but you played UAB that day um the curse is lifted, right? The drought is over. Mm-hmm. A decisive 62-27 to 27 victory for the Golden Eagles. Um, explain what, what, what that day was like, what the celebration was like and everything. I mean, it, I mean, it was like me and a couple of seniors, we just thought, man, hey, man, this is our last game as a Golden Eagle. I mean, all we could think of is just why not go out with a bang. And that's something that teams or the younger guys can go into next year going with the momentum and just thinking, I mean, because we never, as a, going to that game, I don't think I ever beat UAB. Lost some of my freshman, junior, sophomore, and junior year. So mm-hmm. definitely just to beat them as a senior would be good and just to um, leave those younger guys, we get the win, just give them momentum going into next season. I mean, that can go a long way with the with that win. That's all we were thinking, and getting that win and sending them guys into next season with some momentum to get USM back on track. It almost feels like that's like a movie script, right? It's one of those that that you know people always joke like that whenever that Hollywood would just throw that script out. But it almost felt exactly that way. What, what's what, what's your what's your favorite football movie? Favorite football movie? I'll probably have to say Remember the Titans. That's what I was going with, man. When we're sitting here talking <laughs> about this, I still I get goosebumps standing up right now thinking about it. And um, but that's how the fans thought about you guys, and we. True. Let me speak for all Golden Eagle faithful right now, and we truly appreciated the effort. And um, and heck, here we are. This is so many years later, and we're still talking about it. And still, uh, I'm just I'm just kind of giddy that I'm getting to talk to you on the phone, actually. But thank you from the bottom of our hearts for that season or for that particular win. Oh yeah.
Any uh, any play from that game that uh, sticks out to you? I, I remember in the Hawaii Bowl, uh, you had a long – no, was it Hawaii Bowl or was it the game in Houston where you had that long catch? Oh, it was a Houston game. Oh, okay, 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 that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, talk about that catch for a second. I mean, that's got to stick out to you. Did the um, is it one of those guys where the corner just you you knew as soon as the play was drawn up, you looked at the corner, you looked at the defense that you knew that it was on. Oh yeah, exactly. I remember I ran a skinny toe as soon as the I got the play uh, got in. Like you said, I looked at the corner, looked at the cover to see what they were going to do. And I knew that front side safety was going to rotate to the middle, so they was going to leave me one on one, basically with the corner. So I was, I was very excited that that play was called. I was just, only thing on my mind was just executing the play, and this thing, you know, I caught it, and I made it, broke that first tackle, and I just went off to the races. Heck yeah, man! That's what I'm talking about. One of those where you can look up at the jumbotron and just look at people trying to catch you. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, hey, what was your go-to song before the games? Uh, were you one of those guys that had the headphones on that was getting all pumped up before the game? Oh yeah, most definitely. Uh, I yeah. Say Lil Boots was one uh, one artist that was playing. Uh, uh, Can't stop it by Kanye mm-hmm. and Jay Z was my, one of mine. That's awesome, man. Um, and. Uh, Hopefully that's rekindling some emotions for you right now, but it's it's cool how that kind of stuff just sticks with you forever. Um, so now your career's over, it's at a miss. Um, can you tell me, like, just what did it mean to you to be a Golden Eagle? I mean, it meant a lot. I mean, just to be able to be a part of a great tradition at USM, to be a part of a great family and a uh, have a great fan base, fan base as USM has. I mean, it means a lot. They're always able to get a scholarship there and just continue to push towards my dreams. I mean, it was great. So I'm going to ask you to humor me for a second. Um, there's a little game I want to play with you. Um, and, uh, and and I'd like to uh, – what I'm going to do, you have a very unique situation where you've played for three um, different head coaches during your career. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and you only stayed four years. I mean, some of these guys that stay forever, maybe you can see that, but you only stayed four years. Play for three different coaches. So I'm, what I'm going to do uh, during this game, I'm going to give you a word or a phrase. I want you to tell me which former USM coach that you had uh, the phrase or word reminds you most of. Okay? Mm-hmm. All, right. All right. And at the end, we'll tally it up. We'll see which, co- which coach wins. So anyway, here we go. Most intense. Ooh, I'd say Coach Monk. Monk. Best play caller? Uh, Fedora. Most, uh, more likely to be seen playing shuffleboard? Mm, I'll say Coach Fedora. Fed. All right, who's the funniest? I have to go with Coach Fedora on that, too. Okay, who's the one that you would pick as your partner in two-on-two basketball? Ooh. I don't think Coach Mike can play basketball like this. I'm going to have to go with Coach Fedora. All right. If you had to pick one of these former coaches to pilot the airplane that you were traveling on, who are you going with? Uh, Coach Mike. Mike. Okay. Best dressed? Fedora. Worst dressed? Coach Ellis. Ellis. Made the list. All right. So we're counting them up here. We don't even really need to count them up. It looks like Fedora. Uh, Fedora wins the little game that we had. Yay. <laughs> Thanks for indulging me in that nonsense. Oh, no problem. <laughs> so these days, let's talk about where you are these days. These days, we alluded to it earlier, but you're actually a coach now. Um, what's it like having people call you coach? Well, it's a little, I mean, when I first started coaching, it was a little different. One thing I had to get used to. Kind of made me feel good, though. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, Coach Sully, I mean, I mean, it's so good. It's 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 a term of respect, man. I love it. I oh, yeah. I I, uh, I still have every now and then. I'm almost 42 years old now. I've been out of the coaching world for a while, but from time to time, you roll up mm-hmm. on guys I hadn't seen in you know over 10 years, and they call me coach, and it's awesome. Right. <laughs> it's oh, really yeah, cool. That coach, that coach is sticking with you. So you're coaching a junior college ranks. I think you started off in high school. Um, d- didn't you coach high school for a little bit? Yeah, um, my first job was at Long Beach. Right. Um, so, so what's it like being a coach in the junior college ranks these days? Well, it's a, it's different than uh, most. I mean, 
just dealing with these kids comes uh, one thing is different. You're not like at a four year school. You have kids uh, all four years at junior college break. Especially if the kids are qualifying, he can come here one year and then leave. But most of you don't have them for two years. So it's kind of, you got to kind of speed things up with the process and with them, especially just trying to bond with them. You kind of can get a better bond with guys if you're at a four year school. But I mean, at Juco school, I mean, it's, it's, it's not a lot of difference, but you're dealing with a lot, uh, a lot more, more kids and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. Well, even at junior college, I mean, it's the best players in high school to get to go there. So you're still dealing with, you know, a step up from that level. Um, well, let me ask you this. Um, do you ever run across any players that remind you of you, like either on the recruiting trail or once you get them into, uh, in, into, uh, Southwest? Oh yeah, most definitely. Uh, this one receiver that, uh, sophomore had now is graduate, well, getting ready to graduate, Johnny Wilson. I remember him, uh, his freshman year here. I mean, he didn't, wasn't very good. He had some things. He had the tools to be good, but he, he was a uh, raw at the position. So being able to teach him and seeing him progress it made me realize how much similarities we have. I mean, because he's tall, long-range kid, can jump out the gym. So that's one I definitely saw. Cool. Um, were you at Southwest last year? Yes, I was. So did, did you coach Neil McLaurin? Is that right? Oh yes, yes I did. Well, talk about Neil great. a little bit. He's a guy that that I've I've really looked forward to seeing get on the field this year. I mean, you talk about a guy who looks the part, uh, much like you did. Oh. I mean, he looks tall, he looks strong, he looks fast. Um, what, what 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 kind of what kind of guy is Neil? Man, Neil's a great guy. I mean, he 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 don't say much. I mean, he works hard. I mean, he's probably just talented guys can do a lot of things. He's probably up there. I say with. Billy is just being talented and just do a lot of things. I mean, his guy can go out there and do a windmill 360 in the, in the basketball gym. He can go out there and sling a football almost about 70, 80 yards. Same thing with the baseball. I mean, a guy's just talented and can do a lot of things, man. He's a great kid as well. Just one eager to learn, just eager to get better. Yeah, well, I'm, I mean, I think I speak for everybody when I'm, I'm, I'm ready to see that guy bust out, man. Um, because oh, just yeah. looking at him, he's uh, he's a guy that I would definitely like to just be able to go and buy a jersey for, post up in the end zone right there, and just watch him come to me all day long. <laughs> oh <know>? yeah, <laughs> he definitely can do it. Um, so the Golden Eagle team this season, have you been able to follow it at all? I know you're busy uh, with with your own college stuff going on down there, but have you ever have you been able to make it up to any games or uh, have you have you watched oh. any on TV? Uh, I watched a few on TV. I made it to the homecoming game. I haven't been able to follow them like I wanted to, mm-hmm. but uh, I've been watching them a little bit. Cool. Well, first of all, uh, before we get into the rest of this, if you ever come out to a game, man, please come by the tailgate beforehand. I owe you uh, for this interview and everything else, and love to see you come by. But uh, the team right now, man, we're sitting at three and four, two and two conference on the year, and there were not really super high expectations for this year's team um, with all the youth with, with, and you know, with that youth obviously comes in experience, even for the Juco guys that transferred in, it's still a little bit of inexperience. Um, mm-hmm. But at Southern Miss, you know, as well as I do, the bar is always set really high. Um, right. We're always thinking championship. Um, how do you think this season has gone so far? Well, I don't think it's gone bad. I mean, like you said, it wasn't set too high. I mean, this, this team, this season, how it's going, kind of remind me of my freshman year team. We had a lot of ups and downs. We have looked great at this point, then not so great at the next. I mean, just think, think we had a bunch of young guys, I think, on that team. Just take time with more gelling and get the new guys accustomed to how things work. I mean, like I, like I always say here, I mean, like one, a one-year guy who's got a chance to develop more as a second-year guy, he can be a a lot better player his second year than compared to his first year. Yeah, well, look at guys like Mike Thomas from a few years ago. His very first year, uh, I kind of talked about him like I'm talking about Neil right now, honestly. Um, a guy oh, that yeah. looks the part, and you're kind of wondering, why? Why aren't I seeing more mm-hmm. production? And then the next year, um, he explodes. And now he's you know he's still in the NFL. So to your point, yeah, I mean, I guess that would be your, my next question was going to be what would it, what words of advice would you want to pass along to the guys for the remainder of the season when it hadn't really gone? Um, not that it can't still go right. We could still you know win a few more games, get to a bowl game, but as it is right now, had really two disappointing losses. 
And um, but it sounds to me like you probably just tell them, you know, like Coach Munkin told you, stay the course, keep going, oh, yeah. don't give up. That's the main thing, just to stay the course, man. Because I mean, anything can turn over right in a second. Like you never know what happens, man. Just keep staying the course and keep fighting. And just keep keep doing what you're doing now. I mean, eventually things will work out. I mean, as long as you're working hard and doing the right thing, everything will fall into place. Absolutely, man. Well, Dom, dude, I appreciate it. You guys go follow Dominique on Twitter. You can catch him at underscore Coach Sully. That's uh, Coach C-O-A-C-H-S-U-L-L-I. Coach, you got any uh, final words for the Golden Eagle faithful out there? Oh, yeah, hey, just uh, stay, just keep fighting with them, guys. I mean, like I said earlier, anything to turn around. Southern Miss? To the top. That was Dominique Sullivan. Special thanks for coming on the show. Hope you guys enjoyed that one as much as we did. All right, so we'll, let's touch on the game last week. Southern Miss fell to the Charlotte 49ers 20-17. Um, what's that thing? If it can go wrong, it will go wrong. You know how wrong that day went just like from the get-go? So I get up. I, I sleep in. I get up. I go get a shower. I go to slide on my slides my flip-flop, so to speak, and I bend over and I throw my back out. So I'm laid up trying to watch this game the best I can. I think, like, at one point I changed it and tried to watch some comedy just to (laughs) – because it was just going so bad. Um, I guess if you're looking for some bright spots, the, the team didn't give up. They kept fighting. I would like to see a little more fire from from the guys. I mean, you're not in the huddle. You don't really know what's going on. You don't know everybody's motivation. But, you know, it seems like when we get on a hot streak that that energy is there. And when we're not, it just doesn't feel like it's there. I don't know. But hopefully they can get it together this week as we move forward and take on the Marshall Thundering Herd. So this Saturday, October the 27th, 2018, at 2 p.m., Southern Miss takes on Marshall at the Rock. You know, we're going to be out there. We're going to be out there every time Southern Miss is playing. So I hope you guys are too. Come out. Let's have a blast and uh, cheer on the Golden Eagles. If you can't make it to the to the game, this game will be televised. Is that the right word? Because it's going to be on Stadium slash Facebook. <laughs> so I guess if you have a computer hooked up to your TV or an Apple TV or something like that, it'll be on television. If not, it will be on the interwebs on Facebook slash Stadium, which is always interesting to see those games because you can comment, you can read other comments and likes, and you can see how many views. Uh, Just an interesting concept to me. It's also military appreciation game. There've been a lot of tickets donated to the military that they're going to uh, give out. I know we sold over 2,000 of those tickets. So we'll have over 2,000 military folks there. If you want to donate tickets, I believe you can still do so by contacting the Southern Miss Ticket Office. There's going to be a special helmet for this game. Uh, it looks really, really tight. Uh, black helmet. Where the Golden Eagle logo is, it's, it's the Golden Eagle logo, but it's in the Stars and Stripes. Kind of got a, you know, patriotic motif going. I don't know how it's going to look on the field, but the helmet itself looks cool. It, whatever brings us luck. Let's let's try it and see what happens. <laughs> so, like I mentioned, it's been. I don't, I don't think anybody really knows what to think about the season thus far. I mean, it's been very disappointing, but you can kind of see in places, I still think you can kind of see some spots where there are some opportunities to build on. You know, we got a very young team, especially on offense, especially up front, and, uh, you know, very inexperienced quarterback uh, depth chart as well. So – what this is what I'm hoping for. I was I look up on this day. If you look at any of our social media, I try to find photos from different games, different victories that happened on most every day. And uh, there's two coming up this month that will kind of give. They kind of give me some hope when I think about them. You know, the first one, November the first, two thousand eight, Southern Miss seventy, UAB fourteen. And if you remember back to that game, that was Fedora's first year. We had, you know. We had a, a losing streak there, and it got to the point where we were going to have to win the rest of our games to be bowl eligible. And that was the game that was the turning point in that season. You know, Austin Davis had five touchdowns, and we put up 70 points. 
I mean, just blew UAB out of the water, pissed them off so bad. They whooped up on us the next few years. <laughs> but, but that was a turning point, not only for the season, but for the program. Then you look back, another game against the Blazers, November 30th, 2013. Southern Miss had just come off losing 23 games straight. And the Golden Eagles blow out the Blazers yet again, 62-27. to and that was certainly a turning point in the program. And up to that point, up to the point in those games, you could kind of see flashes of, all right, I think, we, I think we're building on something. And I think that moment is still to come. Hopefully it comes this season. Hopefully we can, we can salvage the season, win three out of the last four games, and go back to a bowl. I mean, at this point, that's a victory in my eyes. I mean, yeah, you'd always hope for more. But you know, we knew we'd have some issues with experience and uh, replacing certain guys that have moved on, like Ito Smith, who's making a name for himself in the National Football League right now. But if we don't win three games, I chalk that up to be a huge disappointment. I mean, some of these games have been disappointing thus far, but I still am holding out hope that we can have one of these program-defining wins like we had twice against the Blazers and we've had numerous times in the past. So keep the hope. Come cheer on the Golden Eagles. Listen, I see people talk about, what is it, accepting mediocrity, and it's that's the silliest thing. But everybody wants to win. Everybody wants to do better. Some people just don't lose their mind after every loss or every play that goes awry. So nobody here is accepting mediocrity. We are in a very difficult situation. I mean, I'm not trying to sugarcoat it, but if you look at the reality of things, this is a tough spot to be in. Could we have some? Uh, do we have some deficiencies in certain areas? Absolutely. Hopefully, they're being addressed, but nothing's going to be changed until the end of the season. So there's no reason to lose your mind. <laughs> I understand the disappointment. I think everybody understands the disappointment, but uh, just kind of hold it together. Let's get through the rest of the season. Let's see what happens. Hopefully, we can salvage the season, get back to another postseason appearance. I think it's possible. I mean, we probably will not will only be favored in one out of these four. Two of them, I think, could be close, depending on what happens this weekend. But we're, we're three-and-a-half-point dog to Marshall this weekend, which is fair, um, given how we played the past month or so. But you keep holding out hope that, that somehow we can put it together. Whether or not that happens remains to be seen. But the good news is we still have four opportunities left on the schedule. Maybe a fifth. The fifth is probably going to be a money game if it happens, making up for that game we lost with App State. You know, there's been rumors circulating with certain opponents that may be, of course, South Carolina is, is a possibility. At one time, Virginia Tech was. So we could add a 12th game to the schedule, hopefully for a very nice payday. So the next, so like I said, four games, three wins. Four games, three wins. That's what we got to hope for. Hopefully we can get one this weekend, make it two out of the last three. That, that sounds a little easier to achieve. All right, let's shut it down. Maybe me and Jason can hop back on and do a podcast together next week, but I appreciate him doing the interview this week. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Special thanks to our guest, Dominique Sullivan. You can follow him on Twitter at Coach Sully. That's or at underscore Coach Sully. That's at underscore C-O-A-C-H-S-U-L-L-I. You can follow us on Twitter at To The Top Talk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington and Jason at Bumper J Bailey, Facebook as well. To the Top Talk is on Instagram, so be sure you check that out. Upcoming comedy shows of mine and Hub City Comedies, Saturday, November 24th, Mark Norman at Brewski's. You may have seen him on The Tonight Show, uh, Stephen Colbert, Conan, Comedy Central, one of the best in the biz, one of my favorites. Just so, his, his jokes are so clean, so tight. He's going to be a big name one day. I said 8 p.m. tickets are $15. I think we play earlier in the day on the road at UTEP, so win or lose, come enjoy yourself at the show. Then on Saturday, December the 29th, Sean Patton at the Thirsty Hippo. You may have seen him on Esquire's Best Bars in America, Conan, and his Comedy Central Half Hour as well. 8 p.m. showtime, $12 in advance, $15 at the door. Sean, probably one of the most uh, requested and revered comics that we've had come through the Hub City. So be sure you look those guys up if you're interested in coming out. Also, I mentioned it last week on the podcast. There's a new podcast that just came out called Domino, Cascading Events That Shaped Our Global Economy. Southern Miss grad, some of his co-workers, 
it's very interesting stuff. I didn't I'm I'm not really nerdy and I really don't know anything about finances. <laughs> but it's interesting how they tie things together. Give them a look. Just search for Domino on um, wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right. I think that does it. Look for To The Top Talk on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Subscribe. Give us a rating and review. If you like the show, tell your friends. If you don't like the show, tell your friends. Be sure you come out to The Rock this Saturday, 2 p.m., Southern Miss, Marshall. It's going down. Let's, let's, let's. Hopefully this is the game where we get it together and we start playing Southern Miss football. All right, hope you guys enjoyed it. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. <laughs>